And welcome back to the Rack Show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm one of your hosts, Frank Horvath. Joined with me in studio is, as usual, Mr. Tim Kelly. Tim, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. Having a great, great day. Uh, we also have a uh, guest instructor, guest host with us uh, in the studio, Zach Cox. Zach, uh, how are you doing, buddy? Good, man. It's been a good morning so far, and happy to be here. Yeah, good, good. Well, um, so we have a fun show for you guys this morning. Uh, we have all kinds of uh, interesting things to talk about. Uh, let's see. Uh, news this week has just been pumping with Second right. Amendment issues, pumping with uh, you know constitutional issues. Um, let's see. Uh, New Mexico, right? So we had gov- the governor of New Mexico had uh, put a, a temporary stay, a temporary release, a temporary order um, saying that, you know, any firearms that are inside of the um, the limit of Al- Albuquerque, right, and the surrounding, and the city of Albuquerque and the surrounding, uh, the county that Albuquerque is in, um, it's almost like a, like a no guns allowed here kind of thing, right? So mm-hmm. publicly, no open carry, no concealed carry, there's a temporary stay, calling it like an emergency um Call it uh, like a suspension or something. Yeah, like suspension, that. Yeah, right? Temporary right. holder. Yeah, and so and there's some big issues with that, right? Some 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 concerns, some stuff there that you know should really be considered. Um, so, ha, you know, so that that's in New Mexico, right? Right. So with all that uh, that's happening in New Mexico, how does that affect us here? How does that affect us, like here in North Carolina? Right. That's the big question. Um, and. When will it affect us if, right. if it hasn't already? Right. So it's it's really an already an, an assault on um, the you know our, our constitutional rights. Tell you what, let's play one of the clips. Uh, let's play one of the clips uh, and then and see what uh, see what we have here. Give me one second. All right, let's go to that. Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham last week declared a public health emergency and announced a 30-day ban on carrying firearms, open or concealed in public areas in Albuquerque and its county. She issued the emergency order. Right, so not not great, right? So that's that that's emergency order. You know, and, and part of you know what she's trying to say or, or you know claim is, you know, it's it's for our, our, our health or it's for our safety or for the safety of our citizens, which I understand a piece of that. Um, but at, at the expense of, you know, our constitutional rights, I don't I don't I, that really doesn't jive well with me. Right. Uh, man like I don't know. I don't know what it is. She's just trying to to make these bold moves to, you know, to make an impact because she doesn't know what else to do. Right. Um, And it's just it's just the wrong way about going to do things like it's it's definitely the wrong way. Like this is this has been proven in history. It's been proven all over the place. These type of bans, suspensions, whatever you want to call it. They don't work. They don't do anything except make law-abiding citizens more vulnerable ones that are law-abiding citizens, right. you know? And we want to be. We right. want to be. We want to be responsibly armed citizens, and part of that is abiding by the laws. When you look at you look at Albuquerque, man, they've got a huge crime rate, right? right? They, have, they have all kinds of, um, you know, what, what they're referring to as gun violence, and they think that telling you you can't have guns is actually going to stop you from doing crime. Right. It's not the way this works. Yeah, I think in one of the, her initial press releases, she said, like, I understand the criminals aren't going to abide by this. But, you know, so, so uh, okay, if the criminals aren't abiding by this, the only person that you're hurting are the, the 
the responsibly armed citizens, right? right. The people who, who who are choosing to carry. You know, the other piece of that is, you know, again, I, I don't want to paint it as as a, a, a poor picture, but you know, she's saying, well, you know, the the families of these children that have gotten hurt, right? The families right. of children that have died, you know, be, because of children. you know uh, gun violence. But here's the thing, right? They list all these statistics, and this is just national, right? So so take a look at all the national statistics on on gun violence. There's a lot of information that's out there, but look at the range of of the the you know, when you know who uh, you know these numbers are are being pointed to, so they conveniently take out the zero to two years, right? So they say, okay, well, deaths for of a child uh, between zero and two years, we're going to ignore those numbers. So from two to eighteen. Right. That those are those gun to death numbers that we're going to look at, you know, nationally or look at, you know, in, in our, uh, you know, our counties, municipalities, whatever it may be. Right. So but if you if you really dive into that data, while, yes, there are there are some unfortunate, you know, numbers that are in there. Right. No child should should perish, you know, due to any kind of violence, let alone firearm violence or you know, gun violence. But if you take a look at that, you know, a, a vast majority of that is gang related trauma, right? Gang, uh, gang related violence. And it's in that, you know, uh, 17, 18. I mean, it's really in that, that upper end of, of that, um, you know, of that age bracket. Right. And it's, again, it's still tra- tragedy and you know, it's not something that you want, but it still causes other issues. Um, man, I got to give it to, uh, some, some, uh, you know, national news syndicates and things like that. that are really giving it to her. Let's listen to another clip real quick. And, uh, we'll, Take a gander. We also have, Governor, the Constitution of of New Mexico and the Constitution of the United States, and you're an attorney. Do you think you're on solid constitutional ground here? Well, um, we're going to see. I mean, look, I wouldn't do it if I didn't think I had the right. I have the right. Where is the right? Where is the right? In the state of New Mexico. Public health, it's a suspension. It's not a ban. And we'll see what all of these court actions do. And I did say publicly, Poppy, look, I got a Supreme Court that says my uh, personal bodily autonomy can be restricted. And yet NRA and other uh, issues on the Second Amendment keeps getting broadened. So the Bruin case in New York, right, that uh, deals with concealed carry uh, and uh, cases in Texas that say you can be a uh, drug you bring up the Bruin case, the but Supreme Court know. last this year. Quest, let let me just ask you this, because the Supreme Court last yeah, year sure. totally changed what we're allowed to do, what you're allowed to do. And they said, unless you can base it in the history and tradition, you don't have grounds to do something like this. And, and that's it, right? So yeah. it, it's, it's, you know, the Supreme Court is, is really on our back as far as, you know, for constitutional, right? And so if it's, you know, it, whether something is constitutional or not, um, I really feel like, you know, the Supreme Court has done a fantastic job, you know, over the past, you know, couple of years as far as, you know, really analyzing and doing a good job of saying, you know, this is constitutional, this is not. This right. is what we're going to do, and this is, you know, what we're setting up, the precedents that we're setting, you know, for future future laws. Well, one of the, one of the things you were you were uh, asking a while ago is how does this affect us? How does this affect us directly as North Carolina citizens? Well, I've just pulled up I've just pulled up North Carolina's constitution, and if you scroll down to section thirty. Uh, it talks about militia and the right to bear arms. I'm just going to read this really quick. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And as standing armies in time of peace are dangerous to liberty, they shall not be maintained. And the military shall be kept under strict subordination to and governed by the civil power. 
Nothing herein shall justify the practice of carrying concealed weapons or prevent the General Assembly from enacting penal statutes against that practice. Mm. That doesn't sound very promising. It's not. Yeah. And, and it's a contradiction. It yeah. is 100% a contradiction. So at the very beginning, it says, you know, shall not be infringed. And the second part is, you know, the, the you know, they, they pretend, you know, concealed carry is not a protected right. So it's, it's, it's a dichotomy of government, right? Yeah. It's one thing saying, hey, you know, this is exactly what's going to happen. And then on the other hand is, yeah, but we're going to leave this little right. escape clause for us. Be, so just in case we have so, some issues. So if you're relying on the Jason Aldean, try that in a small town mentality. It's not, that's not going to work out here. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, and it really it's going to come up to us as, you know, the the people, right? The people of uh, North Carolina, people of our local governments, people of our local municipalities to speak up. Yeah vote, say something, uh, really go back and, you know, reach out to people, reach out, reach out to news stations, right? Reach out to us. Um, We'd love to uh, hear what you have to say. Uh, We'll be able to, you know, talk with you and and go back a little bit. Uh, We've got a break coming up, but let's go ahead and uh, let's continue to talk about this. Welcome back to the Responsibly Armed Citizen Show. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Frank Corvath, and we are continuing our conversation on, you know, the the, the attack of the 2A that's happening in uh, New Mexico and some other things. You know, we had a pretty f- spicy uh, uh, first segment talking about all you know all kinds of different things and you now bringing it back to North Carolina. So let's talk about this. So in North Carolina, we have some rights regarding open carry. We have some rights regarding concealed carry. Let's dive into that in a little bit. So in North Carolina, what are your rights when it comes to open carry and concealed carry? So if you are 18 years of age and uh, can lawfully possess a firearm, then you can lawfully open carry in the state of North Carolina. Open carry means the gun essentially just needs to be visible to the public. Uh, A lot of gray area there. That's a whole nother topic for another day. Um, Concealed carry is just the opposite. It's not visible to the, the to the public, right? right. It's, it's hidden or it's covered. Um, the difference in age there is in order to lawfully conceal a handgun in North Carolina, you've got to be 21, and you have to have taken an eight-hour class um, on the laws that govern deadly force and the laws that govern concealed carry in the state of North Carolina. So... Open carry, again, um, there, there is no class that you have to take or anything like that. No, you do not have to be 21. You can be 18 and, and lawfully open carry. There are some restrictions in, in terms of where you can actually carry open right. carry in North Carolina. Like you can't open carry in state parks where you can actually you can conceal carry in state parks. Right. Um, so there's there's a lots of lots of places where you are actually permitted to conceal a handgun, but not per- permitted to open carry uh, a handgun. Um, yeah, and, and you know to add to that, you know one of the things that we hear in like concealed carry classes, it's always a surprise is, you know, you you mean I can I can conceal carry in a bar? Well, yeah, you could absolutely conceal carry in a bar. You cannot open carry inside of any restaurant and uh, any bar that serves alcohol. Um, however, um, we are still held to a higher standard. Um, the um, uh, concealed carry uh, carriers are held to a higher standard. Where um, you know you, if you're concealed carrying, you may not drink, consume, ingest any alcohol of 
of any kind whatsoever um, in, in, inside of that you know bar or restaurant that serves alcohol something like that you cannot do that with open care with open care you're not permitted to, to be on be on the premises that serves uh, alcohol um, that serves alcohol however you know there there's some other little minor stipulations that there in the law that you know that talks about you know owners of establishments and things like that and again generally for us you know uh, civilian folk people who are you know frequenting these businesses um you know, if it says you know no weapons on property you know no, no firearms permitted something like that if you're on a personal property and somebody says hey man i'm not comfortable with you having that on my property then you have to do the responsible thing right sure. you you, there, you don't have you don't you do not have a right there uh as far as saying no it's my right to have a gun on your personal property it doesn't work like that yeah um not not in the state of north carolina so um so okay so in north carolina we can we have open uh, uh carry we have concealed carry i want to talk with some about some best practices right so we have these rights we have the ability to open carry. We have the ability to conceal carry. Um, what are some best practices when? Well, let's start with open carry first, and then we'll we'll dive into conceal carry. But with open, when when if you choose to open carry, now I'm not saying it's necessarily the best idea, but it is your right, right? So if if you choose to open carry, and Godspeed, go do your thing. Um, but what are some ways that you can do that effectively um, when carrying in public? So for me, I have a cattle farm, and so open carrying out there, I don't think the cows are going to get too upset about it or <laughs> anything like that. Um, we are on your own personal property. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. But for me, years ago, right when I was about 21, and oh, gosh, that was 36 now. Yeah. Anyways, math is difficult for me. Young feller. Yeah. Uh, when I was like 21, I had just got my concealed carry license, and I open carried in a... Uh, just a grocery store, normal grocery store. And I walked in and everybody, and this was like 12 years ago and people just started getting nervous. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm getting nervous now. And the, one of the ladies was like, I'm calling the police. And I was like, well, why? I'm just getting tomatoes. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, she said, well, you, I'm calling the police. And I said, okay, I will stand right here and wait for them. And they came and they were like, He's got every right to do this. Have you asked him to leave? She said, no. I said, would you like me to leave, ma'am? She went, "Uh, no. I was like, okay. (laughs) And he said, you can't do anything about it. Like... But well, it, it, it was the whole mentality of it. Yeah. It made me nervous and made them nervous in our day and age now. For me, the better practice, don't do it. Yeah, so... But, as far as open carry, there is a there is a clause right in, in North Carolina, you know, our, our gender statutes that say, you know, if you're doing it to the terror of the people, yeah. right, that sure. is a problem, yeah. right? Absolutely. So, you, so you, you, you can't you do know, it to, to intimidate. Yeah, you're not supposed yeah. to intimidate. You're, uh, you can't do it to the terror of the people. Um, however, again, if you want to exercise your right, I mean, there's nothing stopping you from from doing that, right? Sure. So, if you want to, you know, you know, put put a firearm in a quality holster, right? If you want to put a firearm, you know, on your hip and, and open carry in businesses that do not have like the the open carry sign uh, or excuse me that do not have the you know no firearms allowed no no you know concealed weapons allowed or whatever it might be then you can do that but once you're approached and then somebody says something in these establishments where they have authority to say something right and say hey i'm not comfortable with you having this here do you mind leaving there's nothing you can do don't fight it right it, it, it is that business owner's right that establishment's right to be able to you know ask you to leave um but 
you know, myself personally, just like any other person, I would enjoy going out and, and you know, put open carrying a firearm. You know, at times I've done it. At this day and age, I am cautious about doing that because right. I, I feel more off the nod it paints a target on your back, right? It's more of a look at me kind of thing instead of a, right. you know, the purpose of concealed carry or purpose of carrying a firearm. I, I catch myself like open carrying more often, like when I've gone hunting or something, right? You know, uh, I most of the time I, I carry, um, you know, I carry a, a handgun on me to dispatch an animal or just for self defense. Um, and so maybe I've got to run to town to, you know, go grab some ice or something like that for the cooler after I've harvested a deer or something. So I, I, I don't change and just mm-hmm. jump in the truck and go. Um, that's that's going out into public and open carrying a firearm. Right. I would not choose to go into an establishment that has a lot of people in it, like a grocery store or right. something along those lines, uh, because as Zach pointed out, it makes people feel rather uncomfortable. Yeah. And, you know, and honestly, I, I get it. You know, the the perks of of concealing a handgun is that you can just go on about your daily life, and that's really what we're trying to do here. We're not trying to be Rambo. Right. We just want to have a tool to protect ourselves and have a force multiplier uh, should should we ever have to to use it for you know for our lives right. to save our own life um, a, a an open carrying a handgun you're I don't care how much you want to believe it's true you're not blending into the rest of the public yeah. you're not you're not like everybody else right. people are going to point you out if my 3-year-old son can go to the grocery store and say, "Papa, he's got a gun." Uh, you're you stand out. Yeah, yeah. You're not you're not doing something right. Right. <laughs> you stand out. Uh, my three year old son recognizes that person's different. Right. Right. And when all eyes are on you, where do you think that a criminal's eyes are going to be on? Right. right. And, and and honestly, right now in this time that we're we're going through, um, fighting for our rights with the Second Amendment and and bat- having to battle out all of these. Uh, these ridiculous laws or suspensions and stuff like right. that, we don't need to be painted in that light. No. Right? We, 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 needed, we need to be heard. Don't get me wrong. But we don't need to be seen carrying guns around. Right? right? It, it, it just paints a bad light on us. Well, you know, and, and, and I know there's plenty of people out there that would disagree. Right. And um, I'm not one of I'm in, I'm in that I, camp, right? And we're, you know, we're we're very much so like minded in that fashion. Um, but but you know, in in the in the farms community and the farm training community in general, we need to help hold ourselves to a higher standard. Right. What does it look like when we when we turn on the news? Or I very rarely do, but when we do turn on the news and we take a look at you know the you know these these protesters that are out you know fighting out for something, and there are just you know black scare rifles as far as the eye can see. You got dudes. Right. That are all tacked out like what is that doing is that bettering our image right or is that that you know conf- you know conflating you know your personal right with you know somebody else's feeling of you know safety like there's it's a fine line right. and as a responsible armed citizen you have to do better like you you must you know, you must you know work on making yourself a better person every single day you must you know uh, you know practice you must train you must you know you, you have to hold yourself to that, that higher standard and 
again, while, while I think there's appropriate ways of doing that with open carry, it's, it's challenging. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, going the concealed carry route, it's, it's much, much easier. So, uh, in, in North Carolina, we had briefly talked about, you know, you have to, uh, you know, there's some hurdles you have to do when, con- uh, for concealed carry, uh, getting that concealed carry permit in the state of North Carolina, as of today, anyway. Um, so one of which is, you know, going and taking that eight hour class, um, going through those background checks, going through those, uh, mental health releases, et cetera, all that stuff that, you know, you have to go down to the sheriff's office and get them fingerprinted, you know, pay your money. Like there's, there's a whole rigmarole to that. Um, you know, the, the, the piece of that is, you know, the, you know, with that concealed carry class that, that you're end up taking, that class isn't designed to teach you how to shoot a gun. Right. right. So with a, it's just the instructor's just signing off. Hey, yep, they were able to do the state mandated minimum. With open carry, there's no, there's no, literally nothing. Right. Like anybody, eighteen or older can. So you could be the world's worst, um, you know, world's worst shot. Right. You could be the person who just has no training, just decides to throw that on. And if you were to use that in public, right? If you were to decide, hey, I'm going to defend my life, or I'm going to, you know. M- you know, involve myself in third party encounter or something like that because I have this, you know, idea. I mean, that can cause some issues. Um, right. That can that can cause you know some some problems as far as you know your your accuracy. The problems as far as you know you may not necessarily understand what the laws governing deadly force are. I mean, those are going to be my my bigger you know. Hey, the, these are concerns. These are things that we should think about. Um, so uh, the uh, so as if we're going to be carrying concealed. Right. What are some best practices? What are some things that we can, should consider? Right. So one of which would be gear. Right. Trying to think about you know I, we talked about in the previous episode um, what different quality farms look like. Right. What kind of um, you know what what kind of things that are out there that that would help best uh, you know keep things on us and uh, keep things where it's concealed and comfortable and that we're going about doing that. That's uh, probably going to be something that we'll be talking about in our next in our next segment, but. What if if you could just give a quick piece of advice? What would you tell uh, somebody who's deciding to carry concealed? Get formal training. Hold training. it to a reasonable metric. A reasonable metric. Yep, I would agree. Let's continue to talk about it when we come back from break. Welcome back. Welcome back to The Rack Show, where we talk about everything regarding the responsibly armed citizen. My name is Tim Kelly. With me, I have Frank Horvath and Mr. Zach Cox. And we have been talking about some really interesting stuff, um, mostly about the attack on the, the Second Amendment and what's happened in New, in New Mexico, what our, how that affects us in, in, as North Carolina residents. And then we've been on the topic of open carry and concealed carry. In the last segment, we discussed some best, best practices for both of those. Uh, when you should, when you shouldn't. And uh, we left off on uh, a question that, that Frank had uh, had for me, which was... Well, where can I find the quality resources on this? Yeah, right? yeah. So, so or, no, what was, the, um, what was the question you left off with? The question you left off with was... What, what's a concealed carry? Yeah, yeah. No, what, better uh, concealed carry. How, do you, how can you better concealed carry? I've what, slept since then. That, that yeah. type of thing, right? <laughs> so... I, I just I want to leave you guys with this on, on that topic, and that is focus more on the when to rather than the how to in regards to deadly force. Focus more on the when to rather than the how to. You know, a, a lot of a lot of folks get tied up in into buy more guns, buy more guns. That's the answer to all my problems. Um, and then when you get in the training realm, it's 
learn how to shoot gun real good, you know, become USPSA grandmaster mm-hmm. or something like that is my ultimate goal. But when you find yourself inserted into a force on force situation, uh, your your win to is really going to be challenged. And right. if you haven't educated yourself on the subject matter and you really haven't practiced it, it is really, really complicated, really, really complicated. And it's, it's not something that most people can just most everyday armed citizens can just walk into and say, yeah, I got this down. I know exactly and precisely what I'm going to right. do when this, you know, when everything goes down, I, I know how to do it. Right. You know, stress inoculation is a big thing, like sure. really, really going through and, un, and understanding, you know, breaking down self-defense incidences. You know, if you're going into that blindly, you know, the likelihood that you're going to come out on top is it's it's not very good odds. Right. Um, so, you know, there, it's all things to consider. Right. So um, moving forward, we're going to be talking about where we can find quality resources and find more and in, more information. So, yeah. So before the uh, break that he Frank had started talking about gear and then Tim at the very end said uh, training and education um, and training and education is for me is probably one of the most important parts about concealed carry. Um, it's learning how to be a better responsibly armed citizen it's what we're here for it's what we're talking about and training and education is the biggest part of that Um, vet your instructors uh, find people that you can learn from um, and even you've got the choice to even if you like them or not (laughs) I mean you can you can do that Um, but it's stuff about how to draw from a holster it's aiming trigger press marksmanship um, just like Tim said, in the education, in self-defense, and when to. It's one of the most important parts about self-defense and concealed carry is, sure, you go through the laws of deadly force um, class when you take your CCW class and all that good stuff. CCH. But, yeah, CCH. Thank you. <laughs> um, you go through all this eight-hour program, and it, it doesn't really teach you much except for laws of deadly force. It doesn't teach you how to shoot. Right, and, and, that. and, that's, and that's kind of the point, right? Yeah. The laws, teaching the laws governing yeah. deadly force not to teach you how to shoot, not to teach you about, you know, in, in that class, you literally dabble, and you go, okay, here's some information, but yeah. this is what's important. This is how we keep you out of jail. This right. is how yeah. you keep you out of jail. You know, and that's really it's only the tip it. of the iceberg. And it is. Right. It is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. There is so much out there, you know, and unfortunately, a lot of people who go into I've, I've, I've talked to, I've taught several concealed carry classes. I've talked to other instructors. I've, I've went and, and have sat in on other instructors as they've taught this course. And uh, unfortunately, many students walk out, of that, walk out of those courses and they say, all right, I now have everything that I need. I am good to go. But it's not true. It's a false sense of security. So, you know, going out there and, and again, pursuing more training, pursuing more quality training, I should say, um, and, and really going after the, okay, you know, I need, I need uh, better performance from, from myself as, as an individual, but I need better accuracy, better precision. I need to work on this. But then there's going to be a time, there's going to be an element where you need to really start stacking on that stress inoculation, whether that be electronic, like a timer, or that that's just, you know, being out there and shooting with friends or whatever it may shoot be, but shoot a match, right? Yep. There needs to be some sort of consistent stress inoculation that gets more and more and more, and eventually maybe even doing some force on force, mm-hmm. right? There's other, there, there's things that are out there. Again, it's not a perfect parallel. Right. right. There's there's you're not going to know the day, the time, the when, if it ever were to happen, God forbid it ever did. But 
um, at least you would have like a, a sense of, okay, this scenario is unfolding out of my head. I've seen this type of scenario, right, in my training before. Maybe this would work. Maybe this is going to work out to my benefit. Like there's different ways you can go about doing that. You know, Zach, Zach was talking about um, vetting your instructors. And I think that's something that we really need to hit on because most, yeah. you know, most folks don't have any idea how to do that. Mainly, I know this because I was once one of those people. Yeah. I have no idea where to even start. Who, who, who's, who's the right instructor for me? Right. Right. So let's let's talk about some red flags. All right. All right. Giddy we'll, up. We'll, we'll press some buttons. <laughs> let, let's let's talk about some red flags. Right, check out their Facebook page. Right. Check out their Facebook page. If you see fatigues for a conce- a concealed carry class, an instructor dressed in, you know, military uh, apparel like camouflage breeches and right. you know that type of thing. That's that that would be a red flag. Right. If they've got Punisher skulls all over their their stuff, <laughs> that is a red flag. Right. Right. If they're if if some of their videos seem unsafe on, you know, I'm, I'm talking about their social media pages. That's a great way to, you know, to, to vet your instructors. Yeah. If you look at any of their videos and it and it appears that they are not um, they, they are teaching in an unsafe manner. um like one that I remember from a few years back. I'm pretty sure this company still exists. It's down in Raleigh or something like that yeah. with a guy that's holding. He, he made his students stand next to a target, stand mm. next to the target while the other student shot. And that was part of their, their qualification. I just got so much anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Dude. <laughs> like you have you have to shoot the target while a student stand next to it. Now, most people would say, well, it's common sense. Well, there's people that signed up for the class. Right. There's people that signed up for the classes after the, the NRA dropped them. Right. After North Carolina Department and of Justice stayed at the class. Yeah. Instead of just left. And yeah, and that's the thing, right? So there, there, there are a lot of other instructors out there that say, "Oh, trust me, I'm an instructor." Uh, okay, sh- show me your credentials. Right. You know, that's something that you have to do. Like as a student, if I walk into a class and I say, "All right, cool, Mr. Instructor, such and such," I I hear that you were, you know, uh, I I love armed forces, right? But I hear that you're in the military. But how is that going to help? me a civilian here right. today. There may be some parallels, yeah. but for the most part, you know, a lot of what you were taught at, in a in working in and around a team of people and me being out on my own as a civilian, like maybe me and my family, maybe, right? right. If not just me, myself and I, like how am I going to be, how is your experience here going to be able to, to, you know, help me today? Right. Um, you know, and there's other things, right? Um, that, you know, we bash on the NRA, you know, off and on again, that some, I may not jive with everything that the NRA is, you know, for and about, et cetera, you know, my personal beliefs aside, um, but they have this instructor program that they've put out there and I'm, and it's, it's, it is for a general knowledge for a intro to instructor stuff. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not the end all be all. Um, there are far superior resources out there for instructors, quality instructors to, to pursue, quality ins- uh, instructors to really go and, and get other classes for. If the only thing they have on their thing is NRA, be cautious. Yes. I'm not saying that. Unless you're there for an NRA class. Unless you're there for an NRA class, absolutely. You know, if you you're know? trying to gain some rockers or whatever it is and some certificates right. and you need, you want those ratings, yeah, absolutely sit yeah. in on an NRA class. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But as you said, the title of all of their classes are start with the basics of. Right. Yeah. The basics of, right. and that's that is what you're going to learn in these classes. Right. I mean, that's, that's the way it is, and it's in, it's indoctrinated, right? right? It, it's 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 
as, as we've seen with the NRA and other institutions, it's almost impossible to, to get them to evolve and innovate over time because they're stuck to these specific like styles. The dogma, yeah, everything, dogma. Right. yeah. And, and you just end up with a bunch of Kool-Aid drinkers. But I digress. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, going back to that, like there, there's just there's so much out there as far as, you know, vetting that instructor and, and just sitting down and having talk with them. For example, when you come to Apache um, and, and come take a uh, training course, which all of you should come and t- yes. come to Apache yes, and take a training course. But, you know, the, that first session, it's really a sit down of this is who I am, right, as an instructor. This is what our goals are. These are what our expectations are. What are your goals as a student? What right. are your expectations of me as an instructor? Let's let's have this conversation first before we get into anything that has to do Absolutely. with firearms, right. right? So we need to have this working relationship, this working rapport, so that you are completely comfortable and you have an opportunity to vet the instructor right then and there and then we lay down the, the groundwork for saying you know this is the these are our safety protocols this is exactly what we're going to do in the event of emergency this here this is the gear the equipment that we have specifically laid out like we really go step by step and explain to the student you know this is this is what's going to happen as far as your your training course and this this is what you should expect of us this is how we are going to perform you know and and internally as a team this is something that we we practice we train right. we 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 vet internally yeah we are constantly saying you know just because somebody says that their instructor doesn't mean that are an instructor. We've right. used this established that already. But we're constantly going through and making sure that uh, the people that we are putting in front of other our students are quality instructors and they know what they're talking about. You yeah, know, and we, they're students themselves too. Uh, yeah, more, all, all, all of so, them are. I mean, Zach's, yeah. Zach's been teaching for uh, quite some time. Zach, what, what do you look for in an instructor? What kind of... I mean, what, what do you look for in an instructor? In a self-defense instructor? Let's, let's do that. Well, I guess my the main point to sum up a lot of this, this is a lifetime pursuit, whether you are an instructor or you're a student or you're a concealed carry holder or just anybody. Everything in life is, is a lifetime pursuit because we're still learning and growing and we should be every day. Uh, we've been taking and teaching classes for years and years and we still, sure, we teach a bunch of classes, classes but we also uh, take a bunch of constantly constantly we've become professional students ourselves and we're still learning and growing every day which we encourage everybody to um what was the question one more time i'm so ADD, guys i'm so what do you look for in an instructor oh okay just Uh, well that's part of it is is how their credentials sure how long they've actually been doing something but also their style in if they have a good attitude, if there's so many different things, um, just like trying to vet a friend or if somebody you think is going to be your friend, whatever it is, you vet them the same way. You'd be like, okay, we kind of jive well together and all right, now let's see if they're being safe. Right. We get online, we vet them, we talk to other people and you really understand, okay, this guy or girl knows what they're talking about. I'd like to try this out. See, and, see, and I think the thing that, that more people, uh, off, more often than not, get hung up on is how do you know that they know what they're talking yeah, about, right? Sure. You have to have some sort of metric. You have to have some sort of way of quantifying their knowledge. Right. And that's the hard part, right? Because yeah. anybody, literally anybody can go say, hey, I'm a firearms instructor, right? How do you go through and how do you vet that? Almost like we're coming up with a solution for that. I know, right? It's, it's, it's uh, pretty interesting. Talk to you right back after the break. Nice. 
Welcome back. Welcome back to The Rack Show, where we talk about everything regarding the responsibly armed citizen. My name is Tim Kelly. With me, I have Frank Horvath and Zach Cox. And we have been talking about all types of different stuff. Um, Started off talking about, with a show, talking about the uh, attack on the Second Amendment in New Mexico. Uh, We've talked about your your rights or how that affects us as North Carolina residents, what our rights are uh, in North Carolina with open carry and concealed carry. Um, We've talked about what are some best concealed carry and open carry practices. And in the last segment, we talked about finding quality resources and i think we should just pick up off of where we lift off left off with that and we we've, yeah. we've only touched on training and education and uh some some different ways to vet your instructors and that type of thing and i think we, we had a, a, a few more um a few more items to touch on so why don't we talk about gear um finding the finding the right resources for for gear yeah. So, so as far as gear um you it oh i forgot i forgot i forgot let's let's go back kick it kick it back real quick I, I i forgot to mention we've been having some technical difficulties <laughs> with frank's television behind him his screen keeps shutting off and so uh, we had to fix that luckily we have an artist in the house and we zach cox <laughs> created, <laughs> we, created we fixed it so for the digital media fam you guys get an exclusive here if you need to check out the youtube <laughs> uh, the wsic news youtube channel you can see our awesome sign here and it is That's fantastic but anyway getting back to the topic at hand um um, so gear, right? So there's a lot of reputable gear companies that are out there. Um, and and really, you know, the, the focus of gear is you want to find something that is comfortable for you. For conce- Talking about concealed carry specifically. Mm-hmm. You want to find something that is comfortable for you, for your body style, your body shape, that will allow you to uh, conceal that firearm in a safe manner. Right. Um, so you need to have something that is going to completely cover up, you know, the, the trigger guard, right? We don't want to have any sort of item widget clothing, uh, you know, body parts gets uh, unintentionally gets stuck inside and anywhere around the trigger guard. Um, you know, if it's not comfortable, you're not going to wear it. So you need to find something that is comfortable for you. Um, so, uh, there's some really good quality gear companies that are out there. Uh, Tier One's a fantastic one. That's uh, one that I personally use on the regular. Filster, Filster. Yeah. yes, Filster. Uh, yeah. They, you know, they they have Henry uh, and Filster. Hen- yeah, both Henry and Filster. Absolutely, you know, they uh, have again quality holsters. Um, you want to take a look at the things that are popular in the concealed carry training world right you want to look at uh like i said the the if if a majority of people are using them there's probably a reason why a majority of people are using them but now, not always the cheap stuff that's on like social media right. and everything i, was gonna I say, would recommend buy once cry once right don't go through 15 different cheaper holsters or anything like that if it's on a sponsored facebook ad it's probably not the right yeah, choice. it's not ideal okay right. probably not the right choice usually maybe but it's probably not <laughs> I, I, we've we've got a plug uh speaking of Facebook, uh, we got to plug the Filster Concealment Workshop. If you're not a part of that, regardless of whether or not you want to carry Filster's gear or anything like that, get on their Facebook page and check out that group. It is an excellent, excellent resource. P-H-L-S-T-E-R Concealment Workshop. Check that out. And and if you don't have Facebook and you don't, you're you're saying, well, I, I guess I'm just I can't be a part of the party. That's fine. Just visit filsterholsters.com, P-H-L-S-T-E-R-S, holsters.com, and check out all of the awesome resources that they have on on professional concealment. Yeah, you know, um, moving into like guns and uh, from gear. Um, 
if you're if you're wondering what kind of gun that you should carry, uh, use Filster as or Henry holsters or right. some of the other quality tier one. Some of these holster companies use them as a guide on what type of gun to purchase because they only make holsters for guns that are quality. Quality. Right. Yeah, you know, they've got to be reliable. They've got to be dependable. You know, or they won't make a holster for them. And, and here's the thing that I would caution all of our listeners to do. Don't just go out and say, okay, I heard that such and such carries this, or the police use this. Like, go and put a firearm in your hand. Actually get a little bit of training with it. Learn what works and what doesn't. Because, you know, what works for Frank doesn't necessarily work for Tim. What works for Tim doesn't necessarily work for, you know, my wife or his wife or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, what, whatever the circumstances. So where are you going to be carrying most likely, all right? I, um... Uh, how are you going to be carrying it? Um, and then, you know, moving on from that, you're you're not going to be sleeping with this gun on. Right. So you need to think about safe storage. Um, you know, one of the laws that uh, went into effect this year as far as, you know, talking about concealed carry laws um, were these new pushes, these new initiatives about uh, North Carolina safe. So it's NC secure all firearms efficiently. Um, so they've already have a website that's up there. I think it's ncsafe.org. And while I may not necessarily agree with everything the gov- you know, North Carolina government puts out, there's some there's some good information out there um, as far as, you know, securing your firearms, et cetera. But, you know, that's the thing, right? You're not always going to be be, you know, conscious and you're not always going to be having this farm on. So you need to consider, you need to think about, okay, when I'm in that, that, that code white, right? When I'm, I am, I'm, I'm in my safe space. I'm in this, okay. I'm starting to wind down for the day. Um, where am I going to put this farm? Where am I going to stow this farm, store this firearm, um, to where, you know, unauthorized persons don't access it. And as we've talked about multiple times in the show already, you know, I have kids, so I need to be, I need to have, I have a place where I can stow those firearms and they are not accessible to them. But in the event that I, you know, God forbid, need to use one, I still have ready access one. So that's, that's, that's the fine balance. That's the dance that you have to do to try and figure out, okay, how, how can I make sure that unauthorized persons don't have this? And how can I still have ready access to a firearm? God forbid, I, I need to need to do that. And going back to the uh, like holsters and stuff like that for concealed carry, fit the firearm to your lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, not always fitting your lifestyle to the firearm. Because yeah. sometimes depending on like, you don't need to go out and buy a whole new wardrobe or anything like that. Like, there are holsters out there and gear out there that you can fit to your lifestyle. If something doesn't work, don't give up. Um, I've, I've known quite a few people that they don't like, oh, no, I don't like concealed carrying because it's uncomfortable. Well, you just haven't found the right holster. Try this one. Oh, my gosh. I love this holster. I'm going to carry every day now. And you know, and something so. else that I, I see often in concealed carry classes, um, especially after somebody have first gets their concealed carry permit and they first start carrying for the first time, is they catch themselves constantly touching it, like, right? Like, yeah. Is it there? Is it there? Plucking on their shirt and yeah, stuff. Exactly. Yeah. It feels different, right? So deep. now you're adding a new weight, right? It's not something that yet you've had around you any time before, so it feels different. And then until you put in the practice, until you wear it regularly around your home, around your property, right? Until you really start getting comfortable with that, it's going to be like a little mental thing where you're, you're you know, thinking, okay, well, do I have them? I can always tell when a, a concealed carrier um, is either new or is not comfortable carrying because they're constantly picking at it in public. It's like yeah. so you can walk through um, wherever, uh, a grocery store or something like that, and you see somebody just constantly <laughs> flicking or their shirt or they're constantly 
constantly like touching it and they're like hey man i get it like you're carrying so does everybody in this room know <laughs> that you're carrying now and you're making that obvious but 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 you know don't overthink it yeah um Get some get some quality training. Get some quality gear. You know, uh, really start start working through that. Right. Some more um, awesome uh, and awesome resources. You have Greg Elifritz of oh, uh, yeah. um, his his blog that he puts out yep. every every month is awesome. There's all types of different resources there. Um, go to uh, rangemaster.com. Sign up for the Rangemaster newsletter. Uh, Tom puts out an excellent newsletter every month. Uh, even has a, includes a drill of the month, which we actually yep. shoot a video for now. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Thank you, but, Zach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, there, there are a lot of excellent resources out there that can help you along uh, this journey as well. And, uh, and, and I don't want to um, you know, miss on an opportunity you know, to plug Apache. <clears throat> I mean, there's just so much the content that we're putting out. You know, check us out on Facebook, Instagram. You know, check out our website NC or excuse me, ApacheNC.com. Uh, I think we're Apache LLC, Apache Solutions LLC on Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, reach out to us. You know, our phone number's there. If you guys have uh, your listening audience, if you're like, hey, I'm wondering about if I have a question about, just just call us. We'll gladly answer the phone. Um, we'll wear that thing out. One quick thing. Um we had uh, gear and training and education. Last one, quality representation. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you get rep- representation, insurance, and concealed carry insurance because it is extremely important if you're going to be carrying that. We're going to devote an entire segment um, sometime soon about yeah. just that, just calling For quality sure. We probably need to get to the competency of the month now. Yeah. So let's talk about the competency of the month. All right. Since we are into September now, um, we do something that we call the competency of the month. We talk about a different subject every month and challenge your level of competency on the subject. Uh, It started out as an in-house thing that we were challenging uh, fellow instructors and that, that type of thing. And then since we started the rack show, we thought we would share it with our audience. So, this month, we are talking about functions of a cartridge or shell and the phases of ballistics. So, where are we at with that? Well, I think last time we had talked about, you know, the, the different phases of the ballistics, right? So, the internal, external, and terminal. Mm-hmm. Um, we had gone through, you know, some of those, uh, again, uh, again the, the, the generic, like, how a, a shell, how a cartridge works. Um, you know, the... Uh, and we even touched on, you know, uh, talking about, you know, what type of concealed carry cartridge you should carry, right? So as far as, uh, you know, going through that. Something that we haven't really talked about yet, Mo, is going to be shotguns, right? So shells, right? right? So what are different types of shells that are out there? What are different types of you know, cartridges that, and, and what can they do? So Zach, quickly, as our shotgun aficionado, in my shotgun, my, my self-defense, my home defense shotgun, what type of cartridge should I carry and why? Federal Flight Control number eight or number nine double lot buckshot. Fail. Period. <laughs> Fail. <laughs> Fail. He just tricked you. He said cartridge and not shell. Ha ha. <laughs> I knew what you're talking about. That's why I corrected you. We're but yes, things. that is what you should be carrying in yes. your self-defense shotgun. You're right. You're right. So as long as that shell right is yes. is patterned to your particular shotgun now we need to make sure that so yeah so that federal but that's for the most part what most people use because it's the it's superior to most yeah that, i mean that that's a great starting place like so federal flight control number eight number nine shot really starting to go through there so um, speaking of that sunday 20 uh the 24th of this month 
from 2 to 6 p.m. is four-hour workshop on shotgun manipulations that I'm going to be teaching, and Frank's going to be helping out with that. Um, Manipulating the shotgun more efficiently, reloading emergency reloads, that kind of stuff. So come on out. All right. Well, Over half full. Let's do it. Over half full. So well, looking forward to that. Guys, it's been an absolute blast of a show today. We talked about all kinds of fun things. Uh, really appreciate you coming and joining uh, Zach, uh, Tim, and I. And uh, listening on, we'll see you guys next week. Thank see you. See you next time. See you guys.